Yo, welcome. We got a killer episode for you today. A little bit of a slower start on this, buddy, but oh man, um, <laughs> I'm really excited to bring this out to you. This is an episode on crushing it in the new year. What's one New Year's What's one New Year's tradition that you cannot afford to pass up if you want to destroy it in 2022, provided this damn pandemic goes away? <laughs> Without further ado, here's the clip. Roll it. Stick around. Uh, we got a really good show on for you today. Even when I, especially when I don't want help, I think that's when I need it the most. It's like, oh, I can and do this on my own. And meanwhile, I'm just like crashing and burning and suffering and like, oh, we haven't heard from Rob in like a week. Well, that's because I'm trying to do it by myself. Yeah, he's eating uh, Sour Patch, a case of Sour Patch kids from Costco, <laughs> playing video games 24 hours a day. Yo, welcome back. My name is Rob Wong. This is The Great Date Guy. And with me today, Scott Pagliaccio. What's going on, people? How's everybody doing? Welcome to the show. So in, in my completely unbiased opinion here, I think we've got something really, really cool for y'all here today. And that is a New Year's tradition that you should never, ever, ever pass up. This is a game changer, a life changer. This will save your career, your marriage. This will make the difference for you. And it starts with something that Jordan Peterson stands for all the time, right? He's, he's all up in your grill about it. Clean your damn room. Um, and I, I just happened to start doing this again. Like I, my room isn't a pigsty by any means, but like, you know, I don't spend every single week cleaning it. So when I started looking, I noticed that there were places, uh, inside my physical living space, uh, where I would just kind of avoid like even thinking about it, like the corner, the corner of the room where the tax documents are kept, right? Fucking pile of papers. I don't, meh, that doesn't exist to me. Just going to ignore it. Pretend like it's not there. And from that, I began to look at areas where, you know, I wasn't looking at my own life. What are, what are memories that I don't want to touch, right? And how can I clear these up so that I don't have to carry all this shit into the new year? Right on, man. I'm curious, like, what, like, since you led with this, I'm, I'm super curious to know, like, where this feels pretty vulnerable, like, to, to say, hey, I need to clean up some areas of my life. So I'm curious, my curiosity immediately goes to where, like, where are those areas for you, Rob? God. Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> definitely like a confronting question to answer. I, I think, I think part of this came up cause like one, my mom was like just nagging me, uh, about like, Hey, you should do this. Cause it's like, it's like an Asian tradition. You clean up for the new year, uh, mm -hmm. for a fresh start. Yeah. But then there was also the piece of doing like an annual review and seeing like, Oh, Hey, what have I been up to? And then it was also like seeing like, oh shit, like I've, I've cut a lot of people out of my life. Like I've done a lot of cool things during the year, but Hey, like there's this list of like seven, eight, nine, ten 10 people that I'm no longer speaking with. So let's take a look at that shit as well. Um, mm. to just beginning to take an inventory of what's here and what am I avoiding? So you cut some people out of your life that I'm guessing, you know, weren't, weren't, um, you know, they weren't serving you in, in a deep way and you, you were hanging on. And How do you feel after letting go um, of these people in your life? Did it create more space for you to, to bring in new and different? Is it new and different people or is it going to be just, you know, different activities? What has letting go of this, of these people, seven, eight people? That feels like a lot of space has been created for you. So I'm curious to know what you're, will you replace 
them or or will will you add something different you know maybe it's not people maybe it's his, it's experiences That's... i mean i i feel like let me let me let, let me let me be more responsible here cuz these these people generally didn't do anything wrong. Um, what, what I noticed was that I'm probably not going to replace them because right now I'm just in this place where I'm I'm trying to look at what are my patterns even when I'm in isolation. And one thing that I've noticed is that like, hey, I cut out all those people for the same reason. And it's because they made me angry, right? They made me angry a lot. Um, and while, while I don't enjoy being around people that make me angry, there's the flip side to the coin, which is that um, in reading this book called Letting Go, uh, written by one of, one of the most interesting people that I've ever heard about, um, dude really gets life. I highly recommend this book. But what he talks about is how most of us come to be defined by a few different emotions. There's a small handful. And for me, I noticed that my pattern is anger and guilt. And those things show up all the damn time i'm either apologizing for my existence or 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 i'm really annoyed by someone right like maybe they come across condescending or like they're over explaining something or do they think i'm fucking stupid um and it just goes back and forth back and forth between the two and so his theory about this is that like when we have patterns like that it's because at some point in our lives we were not given permission to express those things we never learned how to process those emotions, how to get them out fully. So they just kind of exist and they, they get bottled up and they pressurize. And when things pressurize, they want to find a place to leak out. And so they do. And you might notice, like, if, if, if you've been in a relationship and you got to the fighting portion of the relationship, you, you might have been that couple that was like having a yelling match in the frozen dinner aisle of Ralph's or something, right? And, and so... <laughs> And so in the moment, it was like, oh, well, it wasn't about the frozen dinner aisle. It was about X, Y, and Z. Like this person was disrespecting me. Those are the moments you want to look for. Those are the moments when those emotions are leaking out. And so, oh, man, I've, I've, been, I've been looking at areas where I've been avoiding feeling certain things, um, particularly with the past relationships. But I'm also looking at like, the physical areas in my space, in my room that I've been avoiding, because I think it's actually a lot of the same thing. And when we can begin resolving these things, um, not only do I not have to carry this around moving forward, I don't have to be a sensitive, triggered person all the time. Um, I think that this also sets us up for like extreme success later on. Yeah, no, that makes a lot. I, well, what I think I hear you saying is to move through or to gain greater strength is to be with those emotions. So if you continue to avoid those activities, cleaning up your tax documents or whatever the case may be, you're avoiding feeling the feelings. And the actual move would be to move towards those activities and feel the feelings and be present and be conscious and clear that up. And then once you eliminate that particular, you clean up that area of your life you know, you can move on to other things. And and that's what the game seems to be, to continue to lean into those uncomfortable activities, to feel the emotions, to sit in the fire. To be, It's like the gym. It sounds like you're going to the gym, man. You're building the muscle. You're gaining strength. You're not avoiding. Because I don't know about you, Rob, but when I avoid certain things, I think it creates more 
of what I don't want in my life. And, Dude, yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm getting anyway. Is that, is that accurate? Yeah, I think so too, man. Like I, um, th- there's this, um, Japanese comedy game show that I, I watch on, it might've been Amazon prime or something. I think it's called documental and it's a bunch of Japanese comedians doing very inappropriate shit in order to make each other laugh. They put like <laughs> 10 of them into a room and like they're like jamming stuff into their foreskin and like showing it to other people with like a serious face and like it's like weird shit and the idea is if you are the last one to laugh uh if you don't laugh at all or something that like you get three strikes you win all the money that people put in and they each put in like ten thousand dollars or something so a oh. lot of money in. Yeah. but if you watch that show like at least for me what happens is i want to play along so like i'm also trying not to laugh and when i do that i'm also seeing like hey even though laughter and happiness is like a pleasant emotion for me, the more I'm fighting this, expressing it, the more it fucking just hurts. And the longer I keep it up, it hurts. And in and, and this 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 particular season, the, the guy who got second place, in the end, you could see him like just sweating and he was like in deep pain because he was just trying so hard to keep that emotion bottled up. Mm. And I think if it can happen with something like happiness then it can it could what happens when we bottle up anger or resentment or guilt how much more damaging can that begin to feel over time and i guess if you're listening right now we're kind of like halfway in through but i also want to highlight something when i say feel the emotions um the methodology that i'm talking about and i'd be interested in your feedback on this as well mm-hmm. what you find effective um is that you look for the emotion what is it that i feel and then you also look for the sensation that accompanies the emotion. Where is that feeling? And rather than dealing with the thoughts and the story about what happened, like, oh, this person wronged me and they were, um, you just go and you feel the body sensation and you accept it and you feel it some more and you allow it to pass. Is that similar or different from what you've learned? No, that's super similar. And, and one thing that I'll add is that um, if it's a challenging emotion, I, like I, I've learned to smile to it, man. That has been a, a huge thing for me. Like naming it, like you said, naming it and then going to the sensation and recognizing because that cuts the story out. That cuts it the looping up into my head thing. So I like that because if I just name the emotion, anger, let's say I, I feel anger. So I'm not or just naming it period it's like the anger isn't me it's just i associate that body sensation with that emotion and if i just feel it it dissipates it's all it's energy in my system that's all it is it's not good it's not bad it's probably something very old and what i noticed for a very long time i've been divorced twice so when anger would come up I, it would go to blame and it would go to blame of my ex-wife and the story would just continue. And it was, it was debilitating. Mm-hmm. It would lead to some other behavior. So to answer your question, yes, it's my experience is the same, Rob. And then also to move through it even quicker for me is to welcome it with pre in with presence and smile to it, smile to the, I, and this is from a, a 90 year old Zen master who I admire. And I started to practice it when I smile to the emotion and I welcome it. 
it doesn't stay as long. That's what I've noticed. So for the listener, and I think we've mentioned this on other podcasts, it's a practice. You know, name it, feel it, smile to it, accept it. It's not good. It's not bad. It's From what I understand, if you label it negative or positive, um, that could give it more weight or more energy. Um, emotions yeah. are necessary, from what I understand, all of them. You know, um, maybe it's not good to, you know, it, the anger that I'm talking about towards my ex-wife is not very healthy, but anger feels like for me is the energy that drives me to be creative. Like that's like some shadow shit right there. Right. Like the anger towards my ex-wife who I've been divorced from for 12 years. If I allow that to go on and on and on, it just wreaks havoc on me. And I also know that anger is a healthy emotion that when expressed properly, it drives me to create business, um, writing, whatever, whatever the case may be. That's what I've noticed in my own experience. So I know that was a lot. <laughs> I'm going to throw it back to you, Rob. No, I really, I really like that you brought that up. I, I think for a couple of reasons. One, I, I resonate with that. I feel like pain or suffering is kind of the thing that has me actually go and evolve as a person. If I'm having a good time, I'm not reading new books about how to develop. I'm, I'm cool with where I'm at. It's the suffering and the pain that causes me to go and change. But, but the other piece that I thought was really valuable was, was like my experience of anger, and I think this might be pretty common among men, is that when I get into anger, it's really hard to let go of. It's one of those emotions that doesn't seem to have an end. It just burns and burns and burns and burns. It's not like sadness. Sadness, you cry, it fucking goes away. That's fine. Most emotions will go away, but anger will go on forever if you let it. And I, I like that you point to the mechanism of, hey, if we get looped into the story about what happened, if we allow the brain to run into the thoughts and like, oh, this, then this person did this and that was fucked up. And, you know, they really shouldn't have done that. I felt disrespect that just stokes the anger up even more. Um, and I think that what you brought up is really critical. The other piece that I want to point to is like, hey, what Scott mentioned was this practice of smiling at the emotions. And I'm beginning to discover that this is really important too. A lot of the work that we're talking about isn't sustainable if we take this on like a death march. You know, like I'm just here to <laughs> fucking whip myself with these emotions and suffer. Like that sucks. Why would anyone do that for longer than a few days? Yeah, you, I, I don't want to be a martyr. I've done that before and it's it sucks, man. Like I, I know... And it, it, I find it hard at times to smile to it. Like my, there's this part of me that just wants to be fight it. And the, and then I just let go and the smile comes over my face and bam, it's gone. And it's like, you know what? That's, that's what was needed then. You know, if it's like something from my childhood, it was to be welcomed, smiled to, held with love and attention and presence in acknowledging that I could get through this on my own. That's what I needed when I was a little boy. So that's what comes up for me around those difficult emotions when I don't want to smile. Like if my, if my mother or father, whoever it was would have sat with me and put their hand on their, sh on my shoulder and said, Hey, you got this, man. I know it feels hard, but I'm going to stay with you right now and be with you. Cause I know you can get through this. And maybe I picture them with a smile on their face. 
And I, I picture that whole scenario in my head. And I'm giving that from within myself to myself. And then I know because I practiced this for so long, when I do smile, all of a sudden it just breaks all that like contraction to fucking pieces. And it's like freedom. And all I had to do was smile to it. Yeah. And that's, I think that this is, this is a huge secret to success that most people miss a lot of times. Like I, I think especially now there's this emphasis on hustle culture where, Oh, it sucks. You just got to push through it, bro. And that, that will work to an extent until you get burned out and you fucking hate yeah. your life. Yep. But for sustained success, there's this element of like, Hey, you really got to find what you can enjoy about this process. Um, there's this book called Existential Kink, which is which is cool. hilarious because it's like <laughs> this this woman's coping mechanism for suffering is like she just gets aroused by all of it. She finds a way that like, oh, what is pleasurable about this experience for mm. me? And that's a big takeaway, right? Because like that is awesome. All this shit that we avoid doing, all the things that we should or should in quotes that I feel like I should be doing, like meditation. I'm not gonna do if I fucking hate it every single time and it's just like wrestling my brain, but. Right. If I just do it so it's enjoyable, uh, it's sort of like the same way that you take on going to the gym, the same way that Terry Crews takes on going to the gym. We go, it's a good fucking time. We're going because we enjoy being in that space. And of course, we're going to get buff as a result of hanging out there. Yeah, That's yeah, the man. I, I love that. And and you know what, Rob? It's it's funny or ironic that you should mention that, you know, building my business and taking on things that have been I've been avoiding for a really long time. I, something shifted in me today. And I noticed that finding the way I found pleasure today in my suffering, when I was doing the assault bike, I was doing like 10 second repeats as fast as I could. And then resting 45 seconds. I thought that that'll be easy. I got some uh, strength and conditioning coach to give me some, Hey man, I need something to do. And he gave it to me and I was struggling, but I did. I found the enjoyment. And then I started to transfer it into um like meditation visualization all these things that i'd like to do that prior to i just was avoiding and so getting really present and just like like you were saying that finding or that woman was saying finding something that is enjoyable if i think about building my business and over the course of the next i'm just saying short term one year where I'll be in a year from now, that's going to bring me a great deal of pleasure because I've been avoiding it for so long. I could think, I don't care if I have 10 new clients in a year. That's 10 new clients that I've had that I didn't have a year ago. Mm. And I think it'll motivate me and it won't seem so unenjoyable. And so, you know, going into the unknown will be more known. And then there's more unknown. And but I think like we were talking about earlier, we're building these muscles that don't make it so it doesn't feel so scary and so um out of reach so i'm trying to apply what you're talking about into these areas of my life that create a lot of uncomfortable emotion for me um and building yeah. a business is one of those fucking things for me brother yeah 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 i i think that's that's massive like it's something like 80 or 70 percent of businesses fail within like the first five years or something like that. I think it might be closer to 50 or 60% for the first two years. Mm. And 
most of the time, like if you're not starting up a restaurant or something that will bleed you dry financially, if you're just starting up a business with like no real overhead cost, you are the product, like your information is a product. Those businesses fail because people give up. And like the usual advice is like, just don't give up. But they don't mention that this, this is the way you get to a point where you don't give up. You need to get to a point where these things are enjoyable. And what Scott is talking about here, sometimes that means we look for where the perfectionist streak exists inside of ourselves. And for me, it's like, oh, I want to learn to meditate so I can become enlightened. I want to get to a point where my inner critic just shuts the fuck down. Like, I don't hear it at all. I'm just existing and everything feels perfect. But to get there, a lot of it is meditation. The bar that I've set for myself for meditation that I catch myself with every once in a while is... I got to do this perfectly. I don't want any intrusive thoughts. I don't want my inner voice piping up at all. I want to be here in a zen-like state. I want to feel like at one with the universe, inner peace the entire way through. And if I'm not there, this is an unconscious process in the back of my brain. If I'm not there, I feel like I should quit. I must be failing. I must be doing this wrong. And I'm not telling that to myself logically or consciously, but there's that feeling of like, oh, this feels like shit. And for me, it's just continuously looking to see like, oh man, am I holding myself to an unreasonable, crazy standard? Like I had a friend um, who, I, who I grew up with who was like, hey, like I wish, like I feel bad because I haven't reached the level of financial success that you have. It's like, bro, like you, did you know that I was investing when I was 18? Like it's been almost 20 years. Of course you're not at the same level. Where you're at is perfect for where you are. You just started. 20 years from now, you'll be at the same place as me or further along. And it's, it's crazy because it's so much easier to spot in other people. But when it comes to us, it's like, oh, well, that's just the standard. I should be going for that, right? And I think a lot of times that's what stops us from getting through to our New Year's goals even or just any goals that we set for ourselves. It's too punishing. It, yeah, man. It, and I like listening to you say that. The, the unconscious thoughts that you were having in that process, I was super, I started to like get super tight and I'm like, no wonder, you know, it doesn't work out like, cause I'm the same way that perfectionist streak. Like, so we're telling ourselves unconsciously, I think it's be, becoming conscious of that narrative that we're creating for ourselves. And then it's for the listener, go back and rewind that part of the Rob, what, we're, what Rob was saying. And so once you become aware. And one of the things that I'm going to be doing now is journaling because I am becoming more aware of what I'm thinking. And I didn't realize how unconscious that, that negative critic was. And so now that I've become more aware of it, I can, I like, even today in the gym, I was able to shift my perspective almost instantaneously to create a narrative of enjoyment. Like I, it is perfect because in this moment, this is the way that it is. And I would catch myself, oh, there's, you know, the judging mind. And I would just, you know, cultivate kind of an observer and just sit behind what was going on, the narratives. And I was aware what I was doing and then how it would create these uncomfortable feelings. I'm like, oh, caught it. Cool. Go back to meditation. You are doing it perfectly because in this moment, you couldn't be doing it any other way than you were. That moment's gone. So it's not only that, it's that non-attachment. I'm not attached to what, if I stay stuck in anger and frustration and judgment, I'm stuck in the past. I'm holding on to this narrative that I created a minute ago when I can shift, create something consciously in this moment 
let go of that non-attachment, and then, ah, I'm doing it perfectly because this is the way that I'm doing it now. Give myself some kudos that I notice, like, again, this is the muscle that we're building in the gym. And it isn't because we're trying to become better meditators. It's because we want to be better in the world, man. Like, we can practice it out in the actual reality that we experience when our eyes are open. Yeah. I, I love that you brought it to this because I think that's the like the end game of end games. Uh, one of the books that I'm reading is it's another book about getting to that process of enlightenment. And I, I bring that up a lot, like not in like, oh, live on a mountain as a monk in isolation. Like that's the lifestyle you can have. No, no, no. What, I, what I'm getting at is the kind of enlightenment where you have non-attachment to all things that happen. So not only is the neediness gone, I don't need to get that grant or that job or that next client. So I'm more likely to get those things. But it's also like when negative things happen to me, when bad shit happens to me, it doesn't affect me at all. It just feels like it's part of the plan, like things are going perfectly. And that's why we started with, hey, for New Year's, begin digging through your room, clean that up, begin digging through the last year, look at your Google calendar, what happened to you in the last year, look at your social media. Look at the shit that is weighing you down, that's heavy emotionally, and then feel into it. Because when you can feel into it, you begin identifying as the observer part of your brain, not as the part of your brain that's hurt, that's looking for problems, that's mm -hmm. in pain, right? You're just observing, you can keep your distance. And over time, that builds up the muscle of, oh, wait, hold on. These are just feelings. I could just feel this. This will go away. It's fine. This is actually perfect. Um, if you're going with the existential kink model, this is turning me on. Fuck yeah, now I'm aroused. <laughs> right? And then you just yeah. move forward. You are the most resilient motherfucker on the face of the planet. You can do what you want to do. Nothing will discourage you. If you've ever wanted to get rid of that fear of failure, right? The fear of rejection, this is the way forward. Um, so that's what's coming up for me. And I'm curious what's there for you. No, man, I love that. I love what you said about, um, you know, non-attachment and, and uh, yeah, I, I, that's the biggest thing for me to not be attached. I get it. I get it intellectually. Everything in form outside of me, oh, the seasons are changing. My relationships are changing. My body is changing. I'm, everything is in constant change. And if there's any sort of grasping at anything, it's going to create suffering. So allowance, and I'm not saying like you, it's like this passive thing. You're actively involved in your life. You know, you're, you're, you're in action doing things. But if that, that, like you said, the client you didn't get or um, whatever the case may be, somebody breaks up with you, it, it's seeing it unfolding in complete perfection. I'm not say, saying it doesn't hurt. You feel it. That's the experience. And then you're, you continue to move on. Yeah. Yeah, because like how many of us have lost the next person that we were asking out or lost the next client that came onto our doorstep because we were still pissed off or hurt about the last person? Yeah. Like, yeah, man. So commonplace. Like your ability to recover from that failure that story of failure, I, I think, is everything. I agree, man. I, and I, I can give a couple of examples that have happened to me recently in allowing and being open and practicing meditation and visualization is 
so I started to picture, um, I, I wanted to um, add some retail to my, uh, to my business. Some, I've, I've created some quotes that are my own and I want to put them on shirts and I want to, my mission is to spread love. And these are transformative quotes that I came up with that have changed my life, that have transformed my life. It's not hard to transform your life. It's, it's an inner game and it's like changing your thoughts, becoming more aware. So these are some things that I thought about and I started to visualize not the exact person or how they would come into my reality, but that they would. And then I stayed present. And all of a sudden, one day I was at the gym and there was a guy that I met a few months ago. He was at, a, he was a barbershop owner who he was looking right in my eyes. And I walked over to him and I said, hi, I did a, I did an event, a speaking engagement at his, one of his barbershops with one of his uh, barbers. And he's like, we hit on this conversation. And I said, man, he asked me, he goes, you'd be a great barber. Is it something you'd be interested in? I said, no, but what I would be interested, what, what I would be interested in is, um, do would be involved. I would like to be involved in your organization, you know, teaching soft skills, um, conflict resolution. That's something I'm super interested in. And we talked for about an hour. I didn't see him again. I saw him again the following week and he's like, Hey man, um, it's funny uh, we were talking again and I mentioned the t-shirt thing. He goes, that's a great idea. I happen to have a printing press. And soon as he said that, I was like, there it is there. I was like putting it together. Like I was conscious. Here's the opportunity. And then the next thought for me was, okay, I don't want to go for the ask right away because I, I want to make sure that he gets something. I want to give him something and make sure he gets something and not just ask him, Hey, can I, how can I use your printing press or how can we do this? I'm like, and then I didn't even have to say that his, the words out of his mouth next were I'm part Indian and part of the proceeds that I do with my retail in my barbershops is I give a portion of the proceeds back to my tribe. And in my mind, I was like, that's how I give back. I knew immediately, like if he, uh, or when he allows me, to use his, you know, his business savvy and his printing to cultivate these t-shirts that I want to put out into the world to spread love, which he's very into too. I can give back to his tribe through our um, relationship. And I thought this is beautiful, man. And uh, so I set up a meeting with him and we meet when I get back from Texas and going to visit my kids for a couple of weeks. And it was just cool to see how, that was a thought that I had in meditation. And all of a sudden I'm at the gym and boom, this guy's, I didn't ask, I wasn't running around asking or looking to, how can I print t-shirts? What am I going to do this? It just showed up in my life, man. Um, I don't know what the point was, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of lost it. But for the listener, like practicing being more aware being more present um i think i think that's space. It. i think okay. that's exactly okay let, let, let me know if i i got it but what i saw yeah. inside of that was if if scott had gone the usual route that i go where it's like oh shit i have this problem it feels like it's too big for me to solve i don't know what the solution is fuck am i good enough to handle this like who do i like how do i get out of this situation um treating it like an issue that needs to be solved 
I probably would have been too in my own head to actually notice that, like, hey, that dude over there is making eye contact with me. I, I might have been so pissed off or so preoccupied or stressed out that I assumed that guy was trying to start a fight with me, right? Like, does he have a problem with me? Would have missed that opportunity entirely, right? I, yep. I would have missed that opportunity. So your ability to be present with what's happening is is crucial for your business to succeed. We miss opportunities all the time because we're just in our own heads. Yeah, man. I mean, and, and I knew him, but I didn't have my glasses on and I could just see him looking at me. And then, you know, I wasn't going to engage. I was just going to kind of keep doing what I was doing. And then I got a little closer. And it was like, oh, man. And then the opportunity started to present himself. And he's super loving, caring guy, man. Big shout out to uh, Jared of Il Molino Barbershops uh, in Buffalo, New York, and a couple of other places, man. Just an amazing, caring, loving man. Um, really appreciating him for the way he shows up. Uh, he had a great story, too. So I just wanted to shout him out, you know, just an amazing man and uh yeah i think uh being present and being like in your body and being aware and you know i get stuck in my head a lot of the times man and i i think i miss a lot of opportunity and here's the other thing rob i noticed i started to have this vision of selling a million t-shirts and guess who popped into my head then dun 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 the inner critic. Who do you think you are? You can't. I can't dream. I said, you mean to tell me that I can't just imagine something grand without you popping in my head? And he's like, but of course you can't. And I said, bullshit, bullshit. I am going to imagine that that is the case. And I totally silenced him, man, in that moment. And it, it was challenging, like just to dream. Just to think, oh, I could really do this. Like, this is a vision that I have and a mission that I want to accomplish. And that dude pops into my head and starts telling me, no, you can't. There's no way you can do that. Nuh-uh. And I'm like, nope. I was aware of what was going on. And I'm like, I want to feel what it would feel like to be able to sell a million T-shirts and be able to provide a whole bunch of money to these Native Americans who my friend Jared helped me to create this, um, this opportunity. And it, and it was like getting into the feeling state was, was a bit difficult because that dude was like, ah, you can't do it. No way. You, I'm not going to let you. And I'm like, fuck you, man. Fuck you. And sometimes I have to do that. Sometimes I have to shut that guy down by telling him to fuck off the inner critic, the perfectionist. How could you possibly do that? Who do you think you are selling a million t-shirts? I'm like, man, I don't want to hear that bullshit today. I'm going to imagine that I'm going to do that. I love how your inner critic is like a radio announcer. It's like, how, how, why would you do that when you can buy this product for $9.99? <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He wasn't like that, but I think making him sound like that, it, it feels better, man. It feels way better. I'm going to imagine him being that way. And I think it'll be easier to like disengage. For real. <laughs> I think I think this could be a nice way to bring it back home, right? Um, so as you as you get started on your New Year's process, right, a, a lot of that process is going to be cleaning up the past. What haven't I been looking at? What have I been avoiding? How do I be with those emotions? But the other half is like, hey, maybe you have something really big that you really fucking care about that you want to get mm. out into the world, right? And yeah. and the thing that stops people reliably when that happens 
at least from what I've seen in my own endeavors, is, hey, I, I'm not good enough for this. Your inner critic will shut you down every time because it's this new endeavor. Um, I've never done this before. It's strange. It's foreign to me. It's dangerous. It's going to feel like you're going to die by taking it on. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be making new t-shirts. It's going to feel like you're going to die. And I think that's the other application of what we've just been talking about. This process is still the same. When that voice comes up, feel what emotion that is. Shame, embarrassment, like I'm not good enough. I, I feel terrified. Maybe there's fear. Notice where it is in your body. Allow that feeling to pass. You're going to have to do that a lot if you're going to, if you're gunning to build an empire. If you, yeah. if you want to find the love of your life, mm-hmm. you're going to have to do some ballsy shit. All of this stuff will be out of your comfort zone. And this is the way you get there, right? You just have yeah. to disarm it again and again. And then eventually it just doesn't show up anymore because that's who you are. And that's when you know you've made it. Right on, man. Uh, Rob, that was brilliant. Uh, the, I, the only thing I want to add is that you and I are like flashlights. We, we shine the light under the bed to let you to show these, you know, somebody who would hire us that there is no boogeyman under the bed. Yes, we do face the same experiences, the same emotions as the people we work with. And we've just maybe built the muscle a little bit, you know, but we're, we're human. We're still going to experience those things. And, you know, for someone out there that that's like, man, I I'm thinking about, you know, hiring Rob or hiring me. You know, just think of us as a flashlight. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna hold your hand, and we're gonna shine the flashlight under the bed to show you there is no boogeyman. Rob, do you have a coach? Do you, do you reach out to people to help you see under the bed? Do you have a flashlight or yeah. someone that? I'm, I feel like I have, I have like a network of people that I reach out yeah. to that I get coaching from, and it's really helpful for me when I'm stuck. Even when I, especially when I don't want help, I think that's when I need it the most. It's like, oh, I can. And do this on my own. And meanwhile, I'm just like crashing and burning and suffering. And like, oh, we haven't heard from Rob in like a week. Well, that's because I'm trying to do it by myself. Yeah, he's eating uh, Sour Patch, a case of Sour Patch kids from Costco, <laughs> playing video games 24 hours a day. It, it's same for me, man. And, and it, you know, it doesn't have to be so, so serious, man. I know it's serious. I know it can be. And it can also be fun, man. It could be a really fun journey. And if you have a choice, you know, um, I'm going to opt for the fun experience, man. Like, yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Like why even, why even live life if it's not fun? Like I, I I don't know. I faced this question in a literal sense before and like, man, if, if life isn't fun, it's just not worth living period. At least in my opinion, I've been there before I've gotten the hat and the shirt fucking that's when I wanted to kill myself. Learning how to have fun with the entire process is the point. Like, Life doesn't change. Context doesn't change. It's going to be, we're going to have problems. We're going to get into painful situations and suffer. And if I don't have the ability to find the joy and the light and the happiness inside of that, man, my life is going to be fucking miserable. I'm going to be like one of those people that's like four feet tall and bent over and real pissed off at the world and everything that's happening in the new generation with a shotgun on my lap, you know, Mm. just like enraged because I've never made that shift. And for me, like, that's the whole point of this. I, I don't care if I do anything else with my life, but if I can get to a point where, like, I'm consistently in a state of, like, oh, this is pretty cool, no matter what is coming my way, that's it. That's the juice. I'm done. I've hit my goal. Dude, dropped a mic on that one, man. Amen. That's brilliant. I, I don't think I have anything to add, man. There is no way to happiness 
because happiness is the way and it's self-generated. It comes from within you. It comes from within me. I don't need anything outside of me. I might want some things, but needing it to make me feel complete or whole or um, worthy is not going to bring happiness. It's going to bring the complete opposite. So um, anybody out there who's struggling with finding happiness from within, hit us up, man. We are in the process of figuring that shit out. And uh, it is, it's a journey, man. It really is. And it sounds like you were at one point ready to kill yourself. And now you're uh, able to, you know, generate the habit energy of happiness and enjoy from within yourself, man. And that is, I think the journey of life. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think I'm closing my doors to clients for a while. Uh, so yeah, I mean, if you, if you want someone to work with Scott's your man, uh, we're going to put some of these details down, of course, in the description below. And of course, thank you for listening. Thank you for being yeah. here. Love you. And, uh, we'll catch you next Thursday, 8 a.m. Pacific time. Yep. Love you guys. Peace. Peace. Happy New Year. <laughs>